I mean, when you're starting anything from a business to a new project, that's like a larger project, nothing happens immediately. And typically you see the fruits of labor after, you know, working at it for quite a while and just remaining positive during that whole process, you know, I, I think makes a huge difference. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everyone. Today's guest is Chase Granberry, who is the co-founder of Authority Labs, which allows you to track rankings in Google and Bing. And I'll let him explain what that means in a second. So Chase, how's it going? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So why don't you first tell us a little bit about who you are and what Authority Labs is? Well, I'm Chase Granberry. Authority Labs is kind of in the broader category of like SEO software. Um, so if you're doing any sort of SEO or concerned about how you're positioned on Google, specifically, we can help you track that and um, analyze that data over time, generate reports, uh, easily share those reports with clients, coworkers, and bosses. And that, that's pretty much it. There's We're kind of a niche within the SEO software space. There's a lot of people that do kind of a lot of different things uh, within that, but we just focus on kind of where you rank and helping you analyze that. Awesome. And why is it important for companies nowadays, especially, you know, when I think about, you know, my my startup days, you know, people are just like, let's put money into paid advertising, you know, SEO takes too long. Why is it even important to track rankings? Well, uh, there's lots of different reasons. I mean, initially, when you're just starting out, you know, you want to make sure you're at least ranking for your brand terms. So if somebody's searching for your business name and something associated with your business name, then uh, you want to make sure that Google can actually crawl your site and index your site and rank your site, at least for your brand name. So that's something you can do quickly. And uh, Google is obviously a big resource that people use um, to kind of search for anything, like to search for anything related to a business. So at least making sure you show up for those is important. Um, And then long term, I mean, you know, you got to be on Google. Like for the majority of sites, um, Google drives the most amount of traffic uh, from an organic standpoint. Um, so coming up with some sort of strategy to at least take advantage of that, um, maybe not rely on that 100%, but um, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great source of traffic, so you should pursue it. So what was the impetus behind starting the, the business? So I graduated college, uh, moved back to Phoenix, I ended up getting a job at a commercial printing company, and they wanted to build like basically a Vistaprint. I don't know if you know Vistaprint, but you can like, get a free business cards and you can get you know postcards and letter, letterhead and all that stuff for pretty uh, cheap. <clears throat> and they saw that it was like a large company. I mean, I think at the time they were doing like $100 million a year. And this printing company, uh, you know, was doing probably 20 million a year, but, but it was all high end and they wanted to kind of see about getting into the low end market. And so anyways, I, I built a, like an e-commerce site for them that um, 
uh, or at least I directed like the, the building of an e-commerce site for them to actually sell postcards and letterheads and take uploads and price everything out dynamically and then actually figure out how to get through that, get that through the shop affordably and, and with the, some good margins. But it, that kind of wasn't going anywhere for various reasons. So then I, I went and started, uh, I did some ad sales for an ad network, did that for about a year, um, closed about, you know, first year, probably half a million dollars in business for this guy. This is like my first kind of actual sales gig. So I was like, if I'm selling for this guy, you know, I think I could sell something for myself. Tried to do like anything, internet consulting, build a website, send an email campaign, basically anything somebody would pay me for, I would, I would help them get done. Um, and then I had some people interested in SEO. So I started learning more about that and looking for tools out there to help me do my job. And there just weren't really any that were any good. And right around that time uh, I was doing that, I met a couple of devs that wanted to partner on a project for equity. So, you know, initially I just wanted to figure out where my clients were ranking and send them a report. Still to this day, honestly, really kind of what 40 Labs does. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Just a, a need that I talk about like some of the numbers around the business right now. So you know, what do revenues look like, and what are some other you know you could talk about uh, number of customers too, right? Yeah, we do uh, about three million a year. We're thousands of customers. Um, there's only four full time employees. We have a few contractors. You know, so it's a it's a solid business. It's completely bootstrapped. These guys that have a little bit that. Uh, Initially built the beta of a little bit of equity still, but that's about it. Um, so we've we've grown entirely uh, from just you know hustling and word of mouth and you know building a um, a good product and doing something I think better than anybody still does in the SEO software space. Awesome. And how many roughly how many customers do you guys have today? Thousands, two thousand, two thousand, twenty five hundred, something like that. Got it. Cool. And how does how does pricing work for something like this? So we have like kind of two different products. Um, we have our like our interface product, which you can sign up for at authoritylabs.com forward slash pricing, and that's like typical, you know, forty nine ninety nine or whatever it is. I think it starts at ninety nine now, ninety nine up to whatever. Um, and then we have a, and that just depends on how much you know how many keywords you're tracking and domains. And then we, then we have another product that's. Um, essentially like a data feed, just straight API usage-based um, product, and essentially uh, $0.99 cents per thousand. Like we, we, It's a crawling infrastructure, and so people just pay for kind of the amount of data that they crawl and download to their servers. So that's uh, kind of priced uh, in a usage-based model similar to Amazon and kind of tailored towards people that just want a lot of data at scale, essentially. Awesome. Okay, great. So, you know, there's so many SEO tools in the space and you guys are doing 3 million in revenue, which is which is incredible. And then these other competitors out there, you know, they're it's like a suite of tools, right? They have backlink tracking, they have rank tracking, they have all this other stuff out yeah. there. So at, did you have like, was there at any point where you're like, should we add on, you know, additional features? So perhaps, you know, that way, you know, it becomes more enticing for other people. Was there any other thoughts around yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I've kind of always wanted to build more product, but it, um, I, I mean, we were just busy growing with this, with ranking data. And honestly, like this is kind of the hardest thing to do. And so we were just busy trying to scale this aspect of it. You know, we just didn't really have time 
to build anything else out is what it is what is what it kind of comes down to. I mean, things are kind of settling down a little bit um, and stabilizing, uh, and so we're kind of now just getting to that point, being able to kind of invest in some new product. And uh, so I'm pretty, I'm excited about that. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting because I mean we've we're like you said, all these other SEO software suites kind of are are a bunch of different things into one. Uh, you know, we found that people will pay for us and you know somebody like Moz or us and uh, in the enterprise space somebody like Conductor, um, just because they like the way that. Uh, we do uh, ranking data and account organization and uh, the reports and stuff like that. So we've people are willing to pay for that. I, I, you know, I don't think I don't think that uh, this side of the product is necessarily prioritized enough in those suites because people really like this data and and you know we've kind of shown that I guess. Yeah. So personally, for me, I mean, I, I you know there's a bunch of SEO tools that I use, but I love Authority Labs because it's just focused on rankings, and I can discover you know other kinds of uh, pages or, or you know keywords that I should probably be tracking, but I'm not tracking. And these other tools don't really allow me to do it in, in such a easy way. Um, yeah, so it makes it just easy to separate it out, you know. Um, so it's yeah. it's great in that respect, and it's just. You know, it's amazing that you guys are doing um, you guys are doing so well and so consistent. And I think you know, it's just a testament to how good the tool is, right? Um, so, how did you guys go about acquiring your first, let's just say, five hundred paying customers? When we first launched the beta, you could add credit card info, but we wouldn't actually charge charge your credit card like automatically. I would probably for the first six months or year, I was actually like manually going in a brain tree and like, and like charging everybody according to what plan they had um, and keeping a big spreadsheet of like which cards failed, which didn't, who, you know, needed to re-add crack. It was, it was, it was kind of funny. And the, and the initial beta was pretty, pretty like, you know, bad, but I just, you know, it was really a straight sales deal. I mean, I, I had a product that I could, I could get in front of people and it was almost just kind of like a proof of concept. And initially, uh, initially I used LinkedIn a lot. So, uh, back, I think I started at authority labs like eight years ago. So back then you could send somebody a direct message on LinkedIn. If you were simply just like a part of the, like in the same group as they are. So I'd find somebody that I want to message and then I join the group that they were in and then I could, basically direct message them and get an email into their inbox right away. You know, so I did that a lot and it really was just, you know, I tried my, my metric was like 50 contacts a day. If I could, you know, if I could hit up 50 people, either via LinkedIn or email or, um, you know, even a phone call, I would, I would do it. And within, um, I think the, like the first, uh, within the first six months, we got a pretty large, just straight data deal for like five grand a month. And then like, they didn't even care about the interface. They just wanted like big CSVs of a lot of ranking data. So we got, we landed that and then, uh, just to kind of use that revenue to, to keep going essentially and, and build it up. Sounds like a lot of hand to hand combat initially, right? Cause it sounds like you have a pretty robust sales background. I mean, anything I could do. I mean, I, I knew I had something um, people would pay for if I got it in front of enough of 
those people. And so that was just it. And and again, it was bootstrapped. We didn't have any, I didn't have any money to, to do anything. And so it was literally just like, what can I do, you know, that has the most impact. And for me, it was, you know, just straight sales. Cool, man. And what's working for you guys nowadays in terms of customer acquisition? Uh, it's mostly word of mouth now. I mean, that's kind of, we're, we're at a little bit of a inflection point. Like, you know, we grew a lot in the first few years and growth has kind of slowed. And, and that tends to happen as you get larger. And, and, you know, if your churn rate stays the same, like, you know, the, the larger you are, even if your churn rate's a couple percent, you know, that number comes becomes larger and larger. And that, we didn't really scale like the sales and uh, marketing side of things probably like we should have. So things have kind of like stabilized a bit, you know, so now we're kind of taking a look at a building some more product so we can have something else to take to our current customer base uh, and also something else to kind of get everybody excited about. And then, uh, and then just try and go from there and try and get back to like my sales roots, I guess you could say, but, but so it's, it's mostly inbound right now. I mean, it's all, uh, we do some, some stuff on the blog kind of works, but uh, honestly, kind of stuff on the blog. So we have a blog. Some of our more technical posts have really worked well. So like if we do some sort of like, and like we did a, uh, like last year we did a big analysis on like title tags in the SERPs and what Google is actually, uh, like how long they are essentially on average across like a hundred thousand keywords, I think it was. And that did really well. Uh, we have some guest posts from influencers in the industry. Uh, we one from Todd Malicote uh, on you know penalties and how it's you know your your site's doing shitty in the SERPs. It's not because of a penalty. Um, it's you know it could be because of any other number of these reasons. Um, so things like that. I feel like I think our audience is a bit more uh, technical than most. So people who use our software. It it's kind of catered to not so much the beginner, but you kind of already have to have, you already kind of have to know how to use, you know, ranking data and kind of look at it and interpret it. So the more technical stuff kind of resonates with our audience. Awesome. Okay. So take us back to the, the earlier days or, you know, it could be recent too. I mean, tell us about one big struggle that you faced growing the business. A lot of it was just, you know, this is really the first software company that I've ever, I mean, this is my, the first company really that I've ever owned and ran. And, and, uh, you know, we, I, I built some, I built an e-commerce site, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't even compare to like what kind of infrastructure you need for, uh, this sort of thing. And so a lot of it was, a lot of the struggle was just trying to figure out how to scale, um, the technical side from literally knowing nothing having to hire people to help me do that um, and having to understand fully uh, kind of what they're doing, the choices that they're making, how they're making those choices and, you know, the benefits of one or the other. Like, I mean, I have a pretty, like I could, I, I, I'm not, I don't write any code, but technically I know how everything works and like I could tell somebody else how to build the, what we built. Um, but, you know, the first few years, uh, we're just pretty rough from a technical perspective. So there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of, uh, learning that went on there, but it also kind of helped, you know, I mean, a lot, 
our customers put up with a lot of crap uh, in the early days. Um, and it just kind of reinforced my desire like, and for like, Hey, this, this is actually something that could, that could turn into something, you know? How did you yeah. start to learn that the, you know, the kind of technical ins and outs and how to, you know, basically understand what's going on from that standpoint? It was just a lot of, just a lot of reading and, and a lot of asking like, why, like why, you know, kind of typical troubleshooting. Why is this thing broken? You know, the root cause of why it's broken, how, you know, how he can actually fix it and why. What did you read? Uh, the, the internet. <laughs> what was maybe one thing that was, you know, game changing for you? Uh, from a technical standpoint, was there any book? No, it wasn't a book. I mean, it was just a lot of reading uh, different cases of of how people scale certain things. Like we ended up reading. I ended up we ended up using uh, like the Redis, which is like an in memory database, a lot for a lot of stuff. Um, and it's a little different from you know a typical relational database, but it's super fast. Um, and being able to use Redis um, for like queues, for instance, and just the general concept of like, um, you know, queuing up work to be done asynchronously is uh, something that I, I, you know, kind of didn't even understand in the, in the beginning, but how you can kind of buffer uh, work to be done. So where were you reading specifically? Was it like Stack Exchange or was it somewhere? Because I'm trying to get something where the audience can take something away and be like, yeah, oh, well, he did that. So, I mean, it was... Um, is, I, I mean, a lot of Hacker News, uh, a lot of subreddits uh, really help quite a bit. So, like, we're kind of rewriting a lot of stuff in uh, Elixir, which is based on Erlang. And so being a part of, like, a subreddit for that is really good. Um, there's a lot of Slack communities now. Like, so if, if you're using some sort of programming language, try and join, like, a Slack community that's tailored around that programming language. Like, um uh, Ember, which is like a JavaScript front-end framework, has uh, a pretty robust community on Slack, and there's a lot of discussion that goes on there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's the uh, what's what's the scale? There's like some blog. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's like a scalability. Uh, yeah, so highscalability.com. I've I read a lot of stuff on there. Is they go into some detail about how lots of big internet services have, uh, you know, scaled technically. Got it. Okay, great. And so what's one big change that you made in the last year that's impacted either yourself or your business in a big way? I mean, in the last year, I, I think uh, we've, we really intently have started focusing on building some new stuff. And like things kind of finally got stabilized on the infrastructure side has finally started to like we put a lot of investment in making things stable and so that we can you know kind of you know we don't have a lot of like vc money to you know go do a bunch of r&d and build all this new stuff so we have to self-fund that and so making what we currently have you know bomb proof is as important so that we can get some solid dev time on on new stuff so um that's i think been uh, big for us and will be big for us okay and what's one new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot of value for you so i think the probably the tool that's made the biggest impact i guess a lot of this is kind of like more on the technical side but uh we use datadog to like monitor all our servers so but i i mean i've got 
I mean, I have like 13 tabs open that are pinned all the time, and probably half those are different like dashboards from not only on the server side, but from the, like the marketing side and all that kind of stuff. But Datadog is a great tool that it really allows me to see like what is happening on the infrastructure side of things and make sure that um, our users are having a good time using our software. And final question for you, what's one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? The book that's probably had the biggest impact is like The Power of Positive Thinking um, by Norman Vincent. I, don't know, I, just, I just really believe in, in uh, the ability for you to affect uh, your future if you are, you know, intently are positive about it and think that things are going to, you know, I mean, obviously you have to back that up with action, but um you know, just remaining positive about situations has been a, uh, has had a big effect on my life, essentially. Great. Do you have an example of that? Uh, well, kind of an anecdotal example. Well, I, it's a little bit silly, but um, typically when I go into driving into a parking lot, I, if I like focus on like finding a good parking spot, probably 80 to 90% of the time I, I find one like that's up front and I've done it with people in the car before. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting, but I mean, a more practical example is just, I mean, when you're starting anything from a business to a new project, that's like a larger project, nothing happens immediately. And typically you see the fruits of labor after, you know, working at it for quite a while and just remaining positive during that whole process, you know, I, I think makes a huge difference. Great. Love it. We'll add it to the show notes. So Chase, this has been great. What's the best way for people to find you online? Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Chasers and that's probably the best way. I'm on Facebook too. I'm happy to take friends there. Um, But Twitter is probably the best way to kind of catch me online. Awesome. Chase, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week, and remember to take action and continue growing.